Hello, and welcome to the reading of the Iowa Capital Dispatch for October 27th, 2023. I'm your reader, Stephen Gazier. Ag and Environment, Carbon Pipeline. Navigator Withdraws Pipeline Permit Application in Iowa by Jared Strong, October 24th, 2023. Navigator CO2 officially withdrew its petition in Iowa for a hazardous liquid pipeline permit on Monday after announcing last week it was canceling its project. The company had proposed to build a 1,350-mile pipeline system in five states to transport captured carbon dioxide from ethanol plants and other facilities to Illinois for underground sequestration or other commercial purposes. Last month, Navigator asked the Iowa Utilities Board to suspend its permit process. That followed a decision by utility regulators in South Dakota to deny the company a permit. On Friday, the company announced it was abandoning the project because of the, quote, unpredictable nature of the regulatory and government processes, end quote. A company spokesperson further said potential legislation that could alter state rules that govern the pipelines added another layer of uncertainty. Navigator was one of three companies that proposed to build carbon dioxide pipelines in Iowa. Summit Carbon Solutions is nearing the end of its permit process in Iowa, but was denied permits in North and South Dakota, which has delayed its project timeline. Summit initially hoped to have its system operational sometime next year, but the company said last week it would not likely be in operation until 2026, if Summit is able to get permits from the states. North Dakota regulators have agreed to reconsider Summit's permit request, and the company has said it will reapply in South Dakota. Spokesperson Wolf Carbon still hopes to avoid eminent domain. The third company, Wolf Carbon Solutions, proposes a shorter route in eastern Iowa that would connect two ethanol plants and seeks to avoid using eminent domain to obtain land easements. Nikki Cannon, a Wolf spokesperson, said the company is still working with landowners, elected officials, and others to find a palatable route. Quote, Our main goal is not to use eminent domain and instead find creative solutions that will enable this project to move forward around those who do not wish to have their land included in the pipeline route, Cannon said. The company has the ability to amend its IUB permit application to request the use of eminent domain. Pipeline opponents and others have argued that eminent domain is inappropriate for carbon dioxide pipelines because they don't benefit the public in the same way that natural gas pipelines and electricity transmission lines do. The Iowa House approved legislation this year that would have required the pipeline companies to obtain voluntary easements for 90% of their routes before they could use eminent domain for the rest, but the Senate did not take up the bill. Ag and Environment Feds pledged $2.3 billion dollars to boost ag exports amid farm bill uncertainty. By Jared Strong, October 24, 2023. Federal agricultural officials plan to spend up to $2.3 billion to promote farm exports and to send U.S. grain to countries that are suffering food shortages. Quote, this will complement existing trade promotion programs as we await Congress's action on both the budget and the farm bill. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack said Tuesday. The Farm Bill, which governs policy and spending for farm, food, and conservation programs, is up for renewal, which typically happens every five years. Some of its provisions expired at the end of September, and more will expire at the end of the year. 
It's unclear when federal lawmakers will approve a new farm bill. The U.S. House of Representatives has been without a speaker for about three weeks and consequently unable to act on legislation. A popular trade promotion program that was created in 2018 amid then-President Donald Trump's trade war with China and other countries is also set to expire next year. Quote, We continue to look for ways in which we can increase trade opportunities for U.S. agriculture, especially because of the strength of the U.S. economy and the difficulties experienced in the global economy, Vilsack said. We now find ourselves with unusual trade deficits in agricultural products. The new federal funding, $1.3 billion for the Regional Agricultural Promotion Program and $1 billion to combat global hunger, will be paid out of the Commodity Credit Corporation, which the Biden administration has used for myriad new agriculture initiatives, including those that promote, quote, climate smart, end quote, practices. Some Republican lawmakers have criticized the use of CCC funds for those initiatives. The CCC was created decades ago to assist farmers with catastrophic crop losses, but the USDA has broad spending authority over it. The latest announced spending was the result of an August request from the top Democrats and Republican of the U.S. Senate Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry. Quote, We write to urge you to consider using your authorities with regard to the Commodity Credit Corporation Charter Act to support the creation of new and better market opportunities for our nation's farmers by addressing two key needs trade promotion, and in-kind international food assistance. U.S. Senators Debbie Stabenow, a Michigan Democrat, and John Boosman, an Arkansas Republican, wrote to the USDA. They noted bipartisan support for the food assistance because, quote, Russia's ongoing war in Ukraine continues to disrupt supply chains and perpetuate humanitarian crises in the region and around the world, end quote. Russia invaded Ukraine about 20 months ago. As the fighting continues, Russia has sought to block grain from being exported by Ukraine, especially through its Black Sea ports. Ukraine is a major producer of corn and wheat. The USDA will use up to $1 billion to buy commodities and distribute them with the help of the U.S. Agency for International Development, the lead federal agency for international emergency food aid programs. Vilsack said the USDA hopes to finalize the details of the Regional Agricultural Promotion Program funding in the coming months. Justice. Forty states sue Facebook slash Instagram owner Meta, alleging addictive platforms. State AGs say they're pushing for change in how social media handles teens. By Aaron Sandiford, October 24th, 2023. Lincoln. Forty states announced a barrage of federal and state lawsuits Tuesday against the parent company of Facebook and Instagram. The filings allege Meta designed social media platforms it knew were addictive and damaging to teens. A bipartisan group of state attorneys general from California, New Hampshire, Colorado, Tennessee, New Hampshire, and Nebraska discussed a shared goal. They want social media companies to protect and not exploit the mental health of teenagers. A total of 33 states joined the federal lawsuit filed in federal court in Northern California. Another seven states and the District of Columbia are filing separate state lawsuits against Meta based on a mix of consumer protection laws. Florida is filing a separate federal lawsuit as well. Iowa is not part of any of the lawsuits. AGs, Meta went too far. Massachusetts Attorney General Andrea Joy Campbell said she appreciates that companies seek to make a profit, but said some steps Meta took went, quote, 
beyond what is legal and permissible, end quote. Of particular note, the federal lawsuit alleges, was Meta's work to advertise and collect data on children younger than 13 years old, which the cooperating attorneys general said violates a federal law, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Nebraska was one of eight states that started an, quote, industry-wide, end quote, investigation in 2021 into how social media companies gathered data and tailored their products to lure and keep young people engaged online, said Nebraska Attorney General Mike Hilgers, who took office in January. Quote, it's really about dismantling this apparatus that has been built, this machine that's been built to pull in young people and sort of chew them up and spit them out, Hilger said of the legal effort. Ultimately, we want behavior change. More companies could be sued. Meta was the first company sued as part of this investigation, Hilgers and other attorneys general said, but it's unlikely to be the last. Tennessee has already begun separate legal action against Chinese-owned social media platform TikTok. Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Skirmetti said the multi-state investigation began with the mutual recognition that teenagers' mental health is worsening. He and others discussed research showing declines related to increased use of social media. Skirmetti criticized Meta's actions on that score, saying, Quote, they have consistently used the data that they have to refine their products and make them more and more difficult to stop using ellipses. They made them addictive and targeted them at kids. Meta, in a statement to the Associated Press, said it would, quote, work productively with companies across the industry to create clear age-appropriate standards for the many apps teens use, end quote. It complained about the attorneys general going to court. Lack of trust. The attorneys general, including Bob Bonta in California and Phil Weiser of Colorado, said the state prosecutors decided to file suit in part because a Meta whistleblower documents contradicted Meta's testimony to Congress on teen safety. Bonta said, quote, Not only did they disregard the dangers, they lied to us, Weiser added. This is not an action we take lightly. The whistleblowers, internal documents, and others unearthed since asserted that Meta knew Instagram was addictive and potentially harmful to teen girls. They also asserted that the company tweaked its products to boost teen engagement, despite an increased risk of mental health issues. Academic studies are starting to find evidence of adverse mental health effects from excessive social media use by young people. Those include increasing reports of depression, body image issues, anxiety, and even suicidal thoughts and actions. Quote, We have a youth mental health crisis in the United States of America, Weiser said. It's a challenge made harder because of social media platforms, ellipses. Young people were brought down dark rabbit holes. They suffered. Change sought. Hilgers and other attorneys general said they want social media companies to stop targeting children and provide parents with clearer, more accurate information about the risks of using their social media platforms. He said he knows as a father that it's easier to get an account online as a young person than the social media companies want to admit, and said he would like to see Meta and others create a more robust system for verifying users' ages. Scrimetti, Hilchers, and Weiser said social media companies should take notice of the seriousness of the issue because both Republican and Democratic attorneys general came together and agreed on the need for action in a time of deeply polarized politics.
Several state prosecutors compared the social media lawsuits to the way states have worked together against tobacco companies and Standard Oil. New Hampshire Attorney General John Formella filed a state consumer protection lawsuit against Meta. He said his state, quote, values the pursuits of success and profit, end quote. But, he said, must be balanced against, quote, the health and wellness of our kids, end quote. Said Hilgers, quote, it's incumbent on us to protect this generation of kids and the next generation. This story was originally published by Nebraska Examiner, which is part of State's Newsroom, a network of news bureaus supported by grants and a coalition of donors as a 501c3 public charity. Nebraska Examiner maintains editorial independence. Contact editor Kate Folsom for questions. Info at NebraskaExaminer.com. Government and politics. Healthcare. Medical exceptions to abortion bans often exclude mental health conditions. Pregnant women are more likely to die from mental health conditions than any other cause, a CDC analysis found. By Nada Hazenine, October 23, 2023. More than a dozen states now have near-total abortion bans following the overturning of Roe v. Wade, with limited medical exceptions meant to protect the patient's health or life. But among those states, only Alabama explicitly includes, quote, serious mental illness, end quote, as an allowable exception. Meanwhile, 10 states with near-total abortion bans, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Ohio, Tennessee, West Virginia, and Wyoming, explicitly exclude mental health conditions as legal exceptions, according to an analysis from KFF, a health policy research organization. Abortion rights advocates and mental health experts say those laws could put women's lives at risk. A report released last year by the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention analyzing maternal deaths between 2017 and 2019 found that pregnant women and new mothers were more likely to die from mental health-related issues, including suicides and overdoses from substance use disorders, than any other cause. Mental health conditions in total accounted for 23% of maternal deaths with an identified cause. The Alabama exception, which requires a diagnosis from a psychiatrist in practice for at least three years, doesn't define, quote, mental illness, end quote. However, it specifies a diagnosis can only be used as an exception, quote, if there is reasonable medical judgment, end quote, that the patient might engage in something that could result in her death or loss of the pregnancy. Florida's medical exception requires two physicians to certify an abortion is necessary to save the pregnant woman's life or avoid, quote, serious risk, end quote, of substantial impairment to a, quote, major bodily function of the pregnant woman other than a psychological condition, end quote. Similarly, Tennessee's law reads, quote, no abortion shall be deemed authorized, ellipses, on the basis of a claim or a diagnosis that the woman will engage in conduct that would result in her death or substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function or for any reason relating to her mental health, end quote. During a special legislative session on abortion in July, Iowa Republican State Representative Shannon Lundgren defended the exclusion of mental health exceptions during a floor debate after Representative Austin Baith, a Democrat and physician, cited the maternal mental health-related death statistics the Iowa Capital Dispatch reported. Quote, I would like to recognize that abortion isn't a treatment for mental illness, Lundgren said. Obviously, 
If we have someone whose life is in danger, a doctor should take an approach to make sure they immediately refer them to inpatient care, end quote. The National Right to Life Committee, whose model state legislation on abortion bans explicitly exempts abortions, quote, performed on the basis of a claim or a diagnosis that the woman will engage in conduct that would result in her death, end quote, considers mental health exceptions to be untenable because conditions such as anxiety and depression can be treated. But policies that dismiss mental health as less important than physical health endanger patients, said Dr. Paul Applebaum, a Columbia University psychiatrist and former president of the American Psychiatric Association and the American Academy of Psychiatry and Law. Quote, you can't take into account a 90% possibility of postpartum psychosis. That clearly should be changed, Applebaum said. Quote, psychiatric disorders are as real and as treatable as any other medical disorder, he added. And to discriminate against people with a vulnerability to disorders developing during or after the partum area is simply unacceptable and unjustifiable. Inequities, lack of safety net. When Cindy Herrick of Phoenix, Arizona became pregnant and gave birth to her son 11 years ago, she felt crushed by intense anxiety. Thoughts of failure plagued her. Quote, Everyone else looked so happy, she recalled thinking. Meanwhile, quote, I was scared to touch the baby, end quote. Herrick suffered depression and anxiety before pregnancy, but they became worse. Quote, mental illness wasn't new to me. The severity of it was new to me, she said. It took months to find a new combination of psychiatric medications to give her relief. She recalled her husband saying, quote, I was really worried you weren't going to make it, end quote. One in five women suffer mental health conditions during pregnancy or postpartum, including depression, anxiety, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and, although rare, postpartum psychosis, according to the Maternal Mental Health Leadership Alliance, an organization that advocates for improved mental health care. Awareness of maternal mental health conditions as crises is critical, said Herrick, a peer support specialist certified in perinatal mental health. Quote, we have one child because of that, she said of her own mental health crisis. I do not want to get pregnant again, and I'm not alone in that. Even before the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization last year, overturning the federal right to abortion, women with mental health problems faced disproportionate barriers to getting an abortion, said Sarah Roberts, a researcher with the University of California, San Francisco's Advancing New Standards in Reproductive Health program. Fewer than 20 states have state-funded perinatal psychiatry access programs. 38 states and Washington, D.C. have extended Medicaid coverage for 12 months postpartum, but fewer mental health practitioners accept Medicaid or private insurance compared with other specialties, making it harder for patients to get care. Quote, People who reported using more substances or having more mental health conditions were more likely to report a policy-related barrier to obtaining an abortion, Robert said. In the aftermath of Dobbs, she said, quote, there's no reason to believe that things would have become easier, end quote. Low-income women are disproportionately affected by bans, making cost and travel burdens to get abortions elsewhere. Additionally, the Hyde Amendment, a federal rule renewed annually since 1976, restricts use of federal dollars, including federal Medicaid funds, for most abortions. While 17 states have state-only abortion funds, Hyde affects about 7.8 million reproductive-age women across more than 30 states where it has effect, 
according to Reproductive Health Research Organization, the Guttmacher Institute. Half of those affected are women of color. Joy Burkhardt, the founder and executive director of the Policy Center for Maternal Mental Health, a California-based national nonprofit and think tank where Herrick is a project manager, said the issue should be a bipartisan opportunity to, quote, put systems in place to support women's mental health delivery, end quote. Burkhardt also stressed that an already taxed healthcare workforce will be further stressed as more women give birth post-row and need care. A report by an equities research organization, Mathematica, estimated untreated maternal mental health conditions cost $14.2 billion for births in 2017, or $32,000 on average for every untreated mother and her child. Quote, everyone's going to be waiting longer, struggling to access care, and no one's talking about that, she said. Already, an estimated three-quarters of women with mental health conditions are untreated, according to the nonprofit advocacy group Maternal Mental Health Leadership Alliance. Quote, they need to be offered, insert, mental health care, and insert, in a way that a birthing person doesn't have to scramble to find those services, said Isha Wirasing, a senior mental health policy analyst at the Center for Law and Social Policy, a national nonprofit base in Washington, D.C., focused on addressing poverty barriers. She said policymakers need to define, quote, medical necessity, end quote, for abortions more broadly by considering what a pregnancy and birth will mean for a woman's mental health. Many of the states with strict abortion bans have large communities of color and black women are three times as likely, and indigenous women twice as likely as white women, to die of pregnancy-related causes. The CDC's analysis found mental health-related conditions were the top cause of maternal deaths among Hispanic, white, and American Indian and Alaska Native mothers. Black women also face disproportionate risk, twice as likely as white moms to suffer from a maternal mental health condition, but half as likely to get treatment according to the Maternal Mental Health Leadership Alliance. The CDC's analysis also included a specific report on maternal deaths for American Indian and Alaska Native people, who are more than twice as likely as white mothers to die of pregnancy-related causes, but often undercounted in health data due to misclassification. More than 90% of these mothers' deaths were preventable, the CDC analysis found, with most of their total death due to mental health conditions followed by hemorrhage. Dr. Allison Kelleher, who is Khan Abiskan Dena from Nome, Alaska, is a family medicine physician and a researcher at Johns Hopkins School of Nursing and Bloomberg School of Public Health Center for Indigenous Health. She's practiced and taught medical students in North Dakota and said the strict abortion bans ignore the disproportionate illnesses and lack of access to care Indigenous people in rural areas already face. Indian Health Service-run clinics are allowed to provide abortions only in rare circumstances, and patients are often forced to cross state lines or drive hours for care. But Kelleher said many young Indigenous people may not have, quote, the privilege of money, of a vehicle, of a provider who knows them, end quote. In addition to disproportionate poverty rates, tribal women are at higher risk of violence and assault, all of which contribute to increased risk of mental health burden, she added. Quote, when you couple that with the very stressful experience of a pregnancy, ellipses, you can see why we're so vulnerable during that time when we might be suffering from increased risk of mental illness, she said. Higher risk, opportunities for prevention. 
Clinicians, advocates, and policy experts fear that abortion bans will cause even more pregnant women and new mothers to need mental health care. Quote, there is no question that there is going to be increased demand for mental health services, both during pregnancy for women with unwanted pregnancies, ellipses, and after delivery, Applebaum of Columbia University said. UC San Francisco's landmark often referenced Turnaway Study, which followed women for more than a decade who were denied abortions because their pregnancies were past the gestational age limits, found these women were more likely to suffer anxiety and poverty and stay tethered to an abusive partner. Pregnancies as a result of rape and incest often need law enforcement involvement to allow for an abortion and can have chronic traumatic repercussions for a woman. Women with previous state health conditions are at higher risk of developing depression during pregnancy or postpartum, according to the National Institutes of Health. And if a woman experienced postpartum depression previously, she's at higher risk of developing it again. While postpartum psychosis is rare, women with a history or family history of bipolar disorder or psychosis are at higher risk. But many women may develop it for the first time in their life postpartum, said Dr. Ajoa Smalls-Manti a psychiatrist at New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital. Some medications to treat psychosis or bipolar disorder, particularly lithium and valproic acid, may cause severe birth defects, especially during the first trimester, she said. Women on these medications are strictly placed on contraception, but unexpected pregnancies still occur. Quote, say you do have a pregnancy that is unexpected, and you end up having a fetus that has severe defects that for some may not result in a viable pregnancy, or if it does, can be extremely challenging and devastating, Smalls Manti said. A lot of options are restricted, and then the child, the mom, have a lot of challenges in their life going forward, end quote. Quote, I just really fear for the people that don't even have the resources, what options they're turning to, and if even more women are becoming suicidal or attempting suicide as a result of this very sentinel event in their lives that they're not ready for, she said how desperate they could become that they would try to end their life. This story was originally published by Stateline, which is part of State's Newsroom, a nonprofit news network supported by grants and a coalition of donors as a 501c3 public charity. Stateline maintains editorial independence. Contact editor Scott S. Greenberger for questions. Info at stateline.org. Election 2024. Government and politics. Capital Clicks. Days after suspending his presidential campaign, Perry Johnson endorses Trump for 2024. By John King, October 23, 2023. Three days after suspending his own presidential campaign, Michigan businessman Perry Johnson has endorsed former President Donald Trump in his quest to retake the White House in 2024. Quote, There is now only one candidate in this race who can provide a solution to our nation's economic, foreign policy, and social crises and most importantly, beat Joe Biden at the ballot box. That person is Donald Trump, said Johnson in a statement posted Monday to X, formerly known as Twitter. The 75-year-old Johnson, a former 2022 GOP gubernatorial candidate, has cited, quote, corruption, end quote, in the Republican National Convention as among his reasons for suspending his campaign, calling the process that denied him a spot at the Republican debate stage in August as, quote, appalling. However, in a statement Monday endorsing Trump, Johnson listed major accomplishments the former president achieved in his first term as including, quote, a new path forward away from corrupt establishment career politicians, end quote, as well as, quote, historic peace agreements, 
no new wars, and an economic revival, end quote. quote. I supported President Trump in 2016 and 2020, and am proud to offer him my full endorsement once again as he seeks the Republican nomination for president in 2024, Johnson said. I look forward to assisting in efforts to elect him next year and uniting with other conservatives to defeat Joe Biden in November. Johnson's presidential campaign lasted a little over eight months after he announced his bid via a Super Bowl ad running in Iowa. On Friday, Johnson said he planned to retain some staff, quote, in the event the dynamics of the race change, end quote. As of Monday afternoon, his campaign website remained active and was still soliciting donations, while making no mention of his campaign suspension nor endorsement of Trump. Johnson's Defend Them PAC also remains active. Started by Johnson after he missed out on qualifying for the GOP debate, he has promised to match up to $1 million in donations to help defend those, quote, who are facing politically motivated charges stemming from the 2020 elections, end quote. Last month, Johnson said he could run for the seat being vacated by U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, Democrat Lansing, next year. In 2022, Johnson largely self-funded his campaign for Michigan governor, billing himself as a, quote, quality guru, end quote. He was one of five Republican gubernatorial candidates who was kicked off the primary ballot after the Bureau of Elections found an, quote, unprecedented, end quote, amount of fraudulent petition signatures. This story was originally published by Michigan Advance, which is part of State's Newsroom, a network of news bureaus supported by grants and a coalition of donors as a 501c3 public charity. Michigan Advance maintains editorial independence. Contact editor Susan DeMoss for questions. Info at michiganadvance.com. You are listening to the reading of the Iowa Capital Dispatch for October 27, 2023 on IRIS, the Iowa Radio Reading Information Service for the Blind. Now let's continue with this week's stories. Ag and Environment, Carbon Pipeline. Pipeline opponents sue to block Summit Carbon Water Permit by Jared Strong. October 25th, 2023. A carbon dioxide pipeline's company's request to withdraw more than 50 million gallons of water each year from the ground near an ethanol plant does not serve a, quote, beneficial use, end quote, and should be denied, according to a lawsuit recently filed against the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. The department in May issued a water withdrawal permit to a subsidiary of Summit Carbon Solutions, which would use the water as a coolant in its carbon capture process at the Homeland Energy Solutions plant near Lawler. The facility is one of more than a dozen ethanol producers in Iowa to which Summit proposes to connect its sprawling pipeline system. The five-state project would span about 2,000 miles and would transport the greenhouse gas to North Dakota for underground sequestration. Three people whose drinking water is derived from the aquifer that Summit hopes to tap filed suit last week in state district court and asked the judge to vacate the permit the DNR issued. They are Kathy Carter, Kim Junker, and Candace Brandau Larson. Their concern is that the water withdrawals would, quote, adversely impact the sources of their drinking water, end quote, and that the purpose of those withdrawals does not comply with a, quote, beneficial use, end quote, requirement in state law, according to the lawsuit, which was filed by Wally Taylor, an attorney for the Sierra Club of Iowa. The lawsuit points to internal discussions at the DNR that the Sierra Club obtained through a records request for department emails. Those documents show that Summit's permit request was unlike any others the department had previously considered. 
but the DNR concluded that it fit the, quote, beneficial use, end quote, requirement. That phrase is defined by state law as an, quote, application of water to a useful purpose, end quote. Summit's permit allows it to withdraw nearly 56 million gallons of water each year, according to DNR records. That is more than nearby Lawler, a town of 400 people that can withdraw up to 18 million gallons annually. But it is considerably less than New Hampton, another nearby town of about 3,400 that can withdraw 313 million gallons. The DNR has not responded to the lawsuit in district court. Summit is seeking another water withdrawal permit in Wright County. It's unclear when the wells might be drilled and used. Summit recently said its pipeline system won't be operational until 2026, after utility regulators rejected its initial proposals in North and South Dakota. Jurisdictional Questions The Iowa Utilities Board, which has the authority to grant a pipeline permit to Summit, recently declined to publicly decide whether that permit includes the equipment the company would use to capture and process carbon dioxide before it goes into the pipeline. Hardin County asked the IUB to issue a declaratory order that the board doesn't have jurisdiction over the capture facilities because they are not the pipeline, and that the facilities are subject to local ordinances and permitting requirements. Iowa counties have been unsuccessful in restricting the location of pipelines because that is the purview of the board. But it's possible that local leaders could block the construction of the capture facilities. The IUB recently declined to issue a declaratory order about its potential jurisdiction over those facilities on procedural grounds. Hardin County filed the request for an order in Summit's pipeline permit docket, and the IUB said it should have been filed separately as its own proceeding. Government and politics, healthcare, capital clicks. Governor Kim Reynolds says husband Kevin Reynolds is doing well in lung cancer treatment. By Robin Opsel, October 25th, 2023. Kevin Reynolds, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds' husband, is, quote, doing well, end quote, in treatment for lung cancer, the governor said at a news conference Wednesday. Iowa's first gentleman was diagnosed with cancer in September. Governor Reynolds told reporters after a news conference that Kevin Reynolds has been in treatment for a month using a breakthrough oral immune therapy drug, which could eliminate the need for chemotherapy. The governor said they have seen, quote, great progress, end quote, in the treatment and thanked the medical team providing care at the John Stoddard Cancer Center at Unity Point Health in Des Moines. The innovative drug Kevin Reynolds is using and the work of the medical personnel at Unity Point as well as the University of Iowa, have been a, quote, bright spot, end quote, in the process, she said. Quote, the technology and just the education and research that goes into all of this, which is so advanced that we continue to see great new drugs, just like the one that Kevin is using right now, she said. Ellipses. I can't tell you how grateful both Kevin and I are for just incredible medical team that we have access to, but that we have that locally here in our state. We are incredibly blessed. End quote. The governor called the diagnosis a, quote, gut punch, end quote. Kevin Reynolds, who has never been a smoker, originally went in for help with spinal pain caused by what the family believed was a herniated disc, she said. The cancer treatment has, quote, really kicked the pain that was in his spine, Reynolds said. While the type of lung cancer he has is not curable, she said, it is treatable and can go into remission. Her husband is, quote, kind of quiet, end quote, she joked, but said his medical journey 
is a reminder to advocate for early detection and routine medical examinations. The news conference was the first time Governor Kim Reynolds has spoken publicly about her husband's diagnosis. She emotionally expressed her gratitude for Iowan support, speaking with tears in her eyes about the messages they have received during the treatment process. Quote, Every day we get a card, two or three cards, in the mail to say that. Subquote, We're praying for you, and subquote, and subquote, keeping you in our prayers, Reynolds said. Quote, it's just another reflection of Iowans and who we are, and it matters and it makes a difference. So just a heartfelt thank you for that. Government and Politics Reynolds allocated nearly $2 million to send Iowa troops to the border. By Robin Opsel, October 25, 2023 Governor Kim Reynolds called on President Joe Biden to provide more support for law enforcement and U.S. Border Patrol officials Wednesday in a news conference, welcoming back the Iowa National Guard and law enforcement officials deployed in Texas. Reynolds sent Guard personnel and Iowa Department of Public Safety officers to Texas this year at the request of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He requested assistance from governors to help in Texas's, quote, Operation Lone Star, end quote a joint operation between the Texas Department of Safety and state military department to counter drug trafficking and illegal border crossings along the U.S.-Mexico border. Reynolds said she designated $1.93 million in federal funding through the American Rescue Plan to fund the deployment. Iowa was one of 15 states to send personnel to the border after Abbott's call. Iowa National Guard members deployed from August 2nd through September 1st, and DPS from September 1st through October 2nd. Reynolds said the assistance Iowa and other states provided was necessary because of the lack of support from the Biden administration. The president announced plans to seek roughly $14 billion in border security funding last week as a part of a $106 billion supplemental aid package that also includes funding for Israel and Ukraine. Reynolds said the announcement comes as Biden is coming under pressure from Democrats in states that she said are also being negatively impacted by the administration's border policy. Quote, this isn't a partisan issue, by the way, Reynolds said. This is affecting our country. We all should be paying attention and be advocating for security along the border, end quote. Reynolds first announced plans to deploy troops to the U.S. southern border in May, following the end of Title 42 a measure implemented during the pandemic that allowed the U.S. to turn away asylum seekers at the southern border. At the news conference, officers and National Guard members deployed to the border spoke about their experience assisting Texas law enforcement and Border Patrol agents. Captain Thang Trong, a member of the Iowa National Guard, said, quote, suspicious activity was apparent, end quote, while working, quote, shoulder to shoulder, end quote, with other military officials along the border. Quote, I've personally been deployed overseas three times, and on this mission, I can see how it directly, immediately impacts us and our community, Trong said. For instance, there would be a large influx of migrants crossing the border, and on occasions, we would see immigrants from various countries, including China and Iran. Trong said that Iowa National Guard members assisted with 1,700 apprehensions, 1,241 surrenders, and two arrests of undocumented immigrants while deployed on the border. Iowa DPS officials said officers assisted in 40 human smuggling cases, 11 drug trafficking cases, 42 vehicle pursuits, 
as well as turning over 491 migrants who crossed the border illegally to Customs and Border Patrol. Quote, when you see the number of terrorists that they've apprehended that are crossing our borders, my God, think of the ones that got by us, Reynolds said. Iowa Public Safety Commissioner Stephen Baines said his takeaways from the experience was that Texas and federal officials along the border, quote, seemed tired, seemed weary, end quote. Baines said the Iowans deployed showed, quote, compassion and decency to all they encountered, end quote and that the people putting migrants at risk were the people involved in arranging border crossings. Quote, the tactics used by these smugglers put everyday citizens, those being smuggled, and law enforcement in harm's way, Bayan said. The scope of the problem at the southwest border is significant, and the law enforcement officers and the residents that live and work along that border are weary. Reynolds traveled to Texas in August to speak with Abbott and other Republican governors, where she called for the need to support border security efforts. While Iowa is not directly a border state, the governor and law enforcement officials said the state is affected by drug trafficking conducted along the southern border. Iowa has seen a 500% increase in fentanyl seizures and 100% increase in meth seizures from 2020 through 2022, DPS data found as well as a 35% increase in drug-related deaths. A 2020 U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration report found most fentanyl trafficked into the U.S. is brought through legal ports of entry by U.S. citizens after being produced in China and Mexico. But Bayan said the Iowa Division of Narcotics Enforcement found nearly 40 cases with a direct evidentiary link to the U.S.-Mexico border in 2021, more than double the number of cases with that connection in 2019 and 2020. Quote, so when the governor says every state is a state border state, she's not being glib. She's not being political. The facts bear it out, Bayan said. What our folks see day in and day out, it really highlighted the need for us to be down in Texas. D.C. Bureau, Government and Politics. Who is Mike Johnson? New U.S. House Speaker belongs to GOP's religious conservative wing. By Jacob Fischler, October 25, 2023. Before a relatively short time in elected office, new U.S. House Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana was a constitutional lawyer deeply involved in religious causes. Prior to a short stint in the Louisiana legislature, Johnson spent two decades as a public interest lawyer, mainly representing clients in so-called religious liberty litigation, he said in an interview with C-SPAN shortly after joining Congress in 2017. He worked in private practice with the Kitchens Law Firm in North Louisiana, and also did work for the conservative Christian group Alliance Defending Freedom, according to a 2015 article in the New Orleans Times-Picayune. He also, quote, litigated high-profile constitutional law cases, end quote, defending Second Amendment rights, free speech, and free market principles, according to his campaign website. House Republicans' choice of Johnson addressed two faults some members of the Congress found with a previous Speaker-designee who dropped out on Tuesday, Minnesota's Tom Emmer. Emmer voted to certify the 2020 presidential election, putting him at odds with former President Donald Trump, the frontrunner for the 2024 presidential nomination, and for a bill codifying same-sex and interracial marriage. Johnson was on the other side of both votes. The Louisianian was a strong backer of Trump's claims that his re-election loss in 2020 was illegitimate. 
He led 126 House Republicans in an amicus brief to the U.S. Supreme Court in a case seeking to overturn Trump's loss to Joe Biden in that election. And Johnson voted to object to the 2020 election results from Arizona and Pennsylvania, even after a pro-Trump mob attacked the U.S. Capitol. In Congress, Johnson has maintained a reputation as an opponent of abortion rights and same-sex marriage. He has an A-plus rating from the anti-abortion Susan B. Anthony list in the last few sessions of Congress, and a 100% rating for the current year from FRC Action, the legislative arm of the influential evangelical group Family Research Council. The League of Conservation Voters, an environmental advocacy group, has given him a 2% lifetime rating, lower than all but 24 current House members, all Republicans. He's received $338,000 in campaign contributions to his personal campaign and leadership committee since 2015 from oil and gas interests influential in Louisiana, the most of any industry, according to Open Secrets, a nonprofit campaign finance tracking organization. He's also maintained ties to religious conservatives after coming to Washington. He taught online college courses at Liberty University, a conservative Christian school in Virginia, earning him just less than $30,000 in 2022, according to his most recent personal financial disclosure required for members of Congress. His wife earned income in 2022 from Onward Christian Education Services, Incorporated, and Louisiana Right to Life Educational Committee, Incorporated, according to his financial disclosure. Johnson's voting record is strongly conservative, and he has little record of working across the aisle. He voted against high-profile bipartisan laws, including the $1.2 trillion infrastructure law, a gun safety law, and a reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act. Fundraising Gap Johnson's campaign fundraising operation has increased by small margins in each cycle since his first House run in 2016. He raised $1.1 million for his first run and over $1.3 million for his most recent re-election, according to Open Secrets. The numbers include money raised for Johnson's leadership political action committees. Part of a speaker's role in modern times has been as a fundraising voice for rank-and-file members. Johnson will have to expand his fundraising to replace the prolific Kevin McCarthy, whom eight GOP members ousted three weeks ago. McCarthy, of California, has raised more than $15 million so far the cycle for his own campaign and his leadership committee. Emmer, the number three House Republican, has raised $3.7 million. Johnson has raised just less than 600000 The largest single contributor to Johnson and his leadership packs over his five campaigns has been Willis-Knighton Health System, a hospital system based in Shreveport, whose employees have given $91,000 to Johnson's campaigns. House Freedom Fund, the political action committee associated with the far-right House Freedom Caucus, is his second largest contributor. It has sent $58,000 to Johnson since the 2016 cycle. A spokesperson for his House office did not respond to an inquiry about whom Johnson represented as an attorney. Johnson's legal work does not appear to have been overly profitable. He claimed no assets in his most recent financial disclosure, which is unusual. House members are required to report any assets worth more than $1,000. Those assets can include real estate, retirement accounts, investment portfolios, or simple savings accounts. Many members report millions of dollars in such assets. Johnson listed between $280,000 and $600,000 in liabilities, 
most of which was from a home mortgage of between $250,000 and $500,000. The rest of his debt was split between a personal loan taken out in July 2016 and his home equity line of credit taken out in February 2019. Election 2024. Government and Politics. Tim Scott shifts campaign resources to Iowa as national momentum lags. By Robin Opsel, October 26, 2023. U.S. Senator Tim Scott is shifting his campaign's focus to Iowa as national momentum falters for his 2024 Republican presidential bid. Scott's campaign announced this week the South Carolina senator will go, quote, all in on Iowa, end quote, opening a campaign headquarters in West Des Moines and doubling its staff working in the first in the nation state. Scott will hold campaign events in Iowa every week leading up to the January 15, 2024 Republican caucuses and plans to shift resources from New Hampshire to Iowa, his campaign reported. The new strategy comes as Scott has faced difficulties gaining traction in the GOP Republican field. The super PAC supporting Scott announced last week it would cancel most of its remaining $40 million in TV campaign ad spending this fall. Scott's support is roughly 2% in national and state polls, according to averages compiled by 538. None of the Republican presidential candidates have managed to dethrone former President Donald Trump who has continuously led the pack in the months ahead of the 2024 Republican presidential nominating process. In a memo to donors, Trust in the Mission PAC co-chair Rob Collins wrote that the decision to cancel its fall media inventory was reached considering the lack of traction any other candidates, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and fellow South Carolina Nikki Haley, have been able to garner to pose a serious challenge to Trump's lead. Quote, we are doing what would be obvious in the business world, but will mystify politicos. We aren't going to waste our money when the electorate isn't focused or ready for a Trump alternative, Collins wrote, according to Politico. But Collins told supporters the senator remains in the running. Quote, the field remains splintered, so we will be patient, he wrote. Scott, alongside candidates like DeSantis and Haley, are hoping a strong showing in Iowa could prove nationally that there's appetite among Republicans for a different nominee. In a news release on Scott's new strategy, campaign staff highlighted that Scott has more primary cash available than candidates other than the former president, with $11.6 million on hand at the end of September. However, the candidate's fundraising fell from $5.9 million in the second quarter to $4.6 million in the third quarter while Trump reported collecting $24.5 million and DeSantis $11.2 million from July to September. The campaign also argued Scott is uniquely positioned to win over, quote, persuadable evangelical voters, end quote, in Iowa. Scott, who has long emphasized his faith on the Iowa caucus trail, was actively supported or being considered by 53% of likely Iowa GOP caucus goers in the August Des Moines Register, NBC News, Mediacom Iowa poll, and was being considered by 69% of respondents who identified as evangelicals. Quote, as the candidate with the highest net favorables, Tim Scott is best positioned to compete on caucus day, Tim Scott for America campaign manager Jennifer DeCasper said in a statement. No candidate other than Tim Scott has the resources, the foundation of support, and the message to be successful in the Hawkeye state. 
While Scott held the third spot behind Trump and DeSantis in the August poll, other candidates, particularly former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, have picked up momentum in recent weeks. Conservative Washington Post columnist George Will called for Scott to drop out of the race and endorse Haley earlier in October. And the Post and Courier, Scott's hometown newspaper, endorsed Haley last week. Part of Haley's rise to prominence has come from her foreign policy experience, serving at the United Nations during the Trump administration as the conflict between Israel and Hamas escalated in early October. Haley has emphasized her support for Israel on the campaign trail in Iowa in October, and DeSantis and Haley have sparred in early state campaign ads on the issue of accepting Palestinian refugees. Scott is also emphasizing his support for Israel while campaigning in Iowa. In a Makaketa campaign stop, Scott said President Joe Biden needs to condemn progressive members of the Democratic Party who are critical of Israel's actions, such as blocking the flow of water, fuel, and food into many areas of Gaza, and the deaths of Palestinian civilians. The death toll in Gaza reached 5,000 Monday, according to the United Nations, and more than 1,400 people in Israel have been killed during the conflict. On Wednesday, Scott released an ad titled, Battle Scars, speaking about his experience opposing the, quote, radical left, end quote, in Congress. Quote, when I fought to refund our police, Liberals called me a token, Scott said in the ad. When I cut your taxes, they called me a prop. And when I pushed back on Biden's socialist agenda, they even called me the N-word, end quote. The campaign ad will air in Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, and Davenport media markets. And that does it for today's reading of the Iowa Capital Dispatch for October 27th, 2023. I'm your reader, Stephen Gaiser. You can access the recording of today's reading on our website, iowaradioreading.org anytime. Thanks for listening.
From the Bureau of Economic Geology, this is Earth Date. Since the dawn of humankind, people have used caves to explore, hold religious ceremonies, create art, or avoid the dangers of weather and predators. Partly because of that, they continue to fascinate scientists today. To create a cave, Mother Nature needs three things. Water, rock that can be dissolved by it, and lots of time. Rainwater, as it falls through the atmosphere, picks up carbon from CO2 to become a weak carbonic acid. By the time it hits Earth, it's about as acidic as coffee. As it percolates through the soil, it picks up more carbon from decaying plants, becoming a slightly stronger acid. If the rock below the soil is limestone, gypsum, or dolomite, the water can dissolve along tiny cracks. Over many thousands of years, the cracks become channels, then tunnels, and could eventually become caverns. Water might also mix with hydrogen sulfide gas seeping up from natural oil and gas deposits to form sulfuric acid, which can also dissolve the rock. Protected from daily and seasonal changes on the surface, caves can maintain a stable temperature and humidity. In these delicate environments, the remains of ancient animals and humans, which could have quickly decayed on the surface, have been preserved for millennia. Deeper, more isolated caves have preserved bacteria and microbes undisturbed for millions of years. These qualities make caves important sites for researchers, natural time capsules. There's probably an amazing cave near you, so take a trip and get to know your Earth. I'm Scott Tinker, dissolving mysteries on Earth Date. Earth Date is produced by the Bureau of Economic Geology at the University of Texas at Austin, with support from Schlumberger, helping oil and gas companies increase production and efficiency while lowering environmental impact. You can hear more EarthDate stories at earthdate.org.